shoot. Welcome to Liberty FM, the podcast dedicated to all things New York Liberty. I'm Felicia, and I'm joined by my co-host and husband, Francois. This is episode 12, recapping an important week for the Liberty with a tough rematch against the LA Sparks, a revenge game against the Minnesota Lynx, and the long-awaited second act against the mighty Las Vegas Aces. Let's start with the Tuesday game against the LA Sparks, which was the second matchup in just a couple days, and we knew it was going to be a different story from the dominant game that the Liberty had on Sunday. Francois, what do we think about this game? I mean, we knew it was going to be a much more difficult game than the first one. I, I mean, obviously, it's very rare for two teams to face each other in, in a short, such a short amount of time. So I was kind of expecting the, the Sparks to, to come with a different mentality. And now that they're starting to have some of the players that they've missed all throughout the season, I think the Sparks is probably one of the teams that had the most injuries this season. Mm. So I wasn't surprised that they really came... Uh, to play against the the Liberty, I felt like the flow on offense from the Sparks was was much better. Uh, the threats were coming from everywhere. It was even Nikhil Gumake, Jordan Canada, Zero Stevens, Clarendon. Like it was a well balanced machine, and the Liberty were just not able to shoot that that game. I think like I don't know if they were tired because obviously yeah. like they've been playing a lot of games, uh, maybe like eight games in in 14 days. So they they looked a little bit gas, and uh, I felt like maybe it was gonna be uh, a tough uh, night on on that day. But uh, Courtney Vandersloot, uh, she the general, the general, she brought something that we haven't really seen mm-hmm. so far this season from her. We know that, like you said, she's the general. And she's gonna, you know, deliver a lot of assists and make her team, uh, you know, her teammates better. But we definitely didn't expect uh, her offensive performance, especially when we almost felt like she wasn't gonna come back after, uh, um, you know, she collided with Neka Gumake in the second quarter, mm-hmm. um, and we felt like she had like an ankle injury. She was really like, you know, in pain. She didn't come back at all from the second quarter, but that second half, it was all about Slut, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the general came to play. She showed up. You know, I think typically what we see from Vandersloot during the season is that she always has more assists than points usually, yeah. or it's about the same sometimes. So this game, it was really great to see her go off with 23 points and six assists. And so... It was just really great to see her come back in the second half. I was worried, too, that she wasn't going to come back because it's definitely someone you need to just run the flow and run the offense. You know, she she works so well with everybody on the court, and when she's not there, you can definitely feel that presence missing. So I'm glad she came back and, and really stepped up for the team. And I think everyone contributed. I mean, looking at the box score... Yeah, the Liberty didn't play like they did a couple days before when mm. they played the first game where they were really dominant. I think they the 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 shots just weren't going down for them and I think they were a bit more hesitant. Maybe they were a little tired, who knows, but you know, the shots weren't going down as much, you know, for them to have like 
a really um, big lead. And, you know, I think the Sparks, you know, you got to expect that the Sparks are going to come back. They're going to make the adjustments and it's going to be ebbs and flows in the game. So I think they did a great job and Sloot led the way. I was real happy with Sloot leading the way and getting and just putting the team on her back with Stewie and just and just taking this win. Yeah. And that's that's when you see the growth of the team, Mm -hmm. Uh, because when you have Stewie that is off to a bad shooting night, Sabrina Ionescu, that was also very discreet uh, in this game, like, you know, not a lot of frees going for herself. You had Marine that was very hesitant and almost refusing to take frees when in the previous game... Yeah, she, she, she went off. <laughs> she, she had, like, five frees in the first half yeah. and ended up, ended up, like, you know, shooting five for seven, I think. But when you have three players like that that are not their usual self, like, I felt like... Earlier in the season, like, maybe the Liberty would have crumbled a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this time around, like, it was definitely um, the player that we were not expecting offensively. And and it was kind of nice to see the Venusloot that we got to know in the the playoff two seasons ago when when the Chicago Sky uh, were dominant in the playoff and and won that title against the Phoenix Mercury. We often talk about Candace Parker or Kelly Copper. But Vendersloot was huge yeah, in, that, was in huge. that season offensively. Yeah. And that kind of reminded me of that Vendersloot, like the more sort of like offensive type, uh, scoring more points. It was great because even like when the Liberty would kind of like, you know, you know, need a little bit of inspiration, it was a play where she like scored a basket, yeah, stole the ball right <laughs> after, got a four-point play uh, in just a matter of seconds. But the other thing that was also surprising was uh, a three-point uh, percentage in that game. Because I think right now she probably has like her lower uh, scoring, um, lower uh, field goal percentage when it comes to shooting freeze. And in this game, she shot, she made four freeze in this game at moments where the team really needed it. So a crucial performance by uh, Van der Sloot. But I think like, you know, up to like what three minutes into the game, two minutes, like it was back and forth between the yeah. Sparks and and the Liberty. And as we were watching the game on TV, like I kept telling you, like oh, I don't feel it. I feel like the Liberty are gonna lose that <laughs> one. But when they needed to, like they came with crucial offensive boards mm-hmm. and something that w- would frustrate us uh, uh, in previous uh, games or earlier the season, like. It seems like the Liberty are starting to rectify this and, and become dominant on the board as well, right? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the one thing I will say about the Liberty is that things are starting to click and they're starting to figure things out. You know, I think the first half of the season, you know, they it's new players. It's a whole, it's practically a new team. And so they got to learn to play together and they, they're going to have to go through the ebbs and flows and you know, they relied a ton. And I mean, she's the number one player on your team and and Stewie, but I think they relied a ton on her. And I think what we're seeing in the second half of this season is the emergence or reemergence of Jonquil Jones. And I think she's going to be huge for them in getting those boards. You know, everyone's contributing though. You know, I think Sabrina, everyone down the line is contributing in getting boards, but you really need JJ. You definitely need her um, in the paint to get those boards offensively and defensively. So, you know, I think they're making those adjustments. And what I notice is like you were saying, like in the past, we might've worried about the Liberty 
maybe crumbling because it was going back and forth. You weren't sure how this was going to go. But the one thing I've noticed with them and, and definitely the last few games is just they focus on the little things. They don't just get up, you know, they don't get down in themselves because, yeah. oh, someone's not making the basket. The shots aren't going down. Well, they go back and make sure they lock up on defense. They get the boards. They're doing all the other things to help push the game and to keep them in the game so that if someone gets the hot hand, like in this game, Vandersloot, then, you know, all the little things will accumulate. And then once the offense gets going, you know, it, they, they they still won the game by, what, 10 points? Eight points? Yeah, so, I mean, they won the game by, by eight points. So that, that definitely shows the, the grief from, from the Liberty. And, and you were mentioning JJ. And that's where, like, you really realize that, you know, sometimes as fans, we, we get a little irrational with players and... And that's why, like, you know, if you tweet about a player or a team, like, really think about it twice before you do because obviously it's it's easier to, to say something on the other side, but you don't know what those players are going through uh, day in, day out, you know. Um, and so I'm, I'm not going to lie. There was a moment in the season where I was a little bit worried for, for John Cole Jones. I mean, I knew what she was capable of based on what she's done in her career, especially with Connecticut. And we knew that she had a, a foot injury. Um, but I don't think I was expecting, um, you know, the, the recovery process and, and her fitting in in the team to take that long. And so, you know, maybe in my mind I was getting frustrated and worried. But now things are clicking. Like you could see, John Quill is is hundred percent now. She's dominating the board now. Pretty much every single game, they're starting to feed her more on the inside. Uh, she looks more comfortable and happier. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, like you said, Felicia, like she's gonna be the key piece to that team. We mentioned it before, and and, and that's where I I definitely want to see her in some of those matchups against the the Aces. Uh, this month, uh, because she could really help that team. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. We, we're done with LA for now. Uh, they'll come to uh, New York at some point in the months of August or September. Uh, but for now, we're good because <laughs> we have another important game in the calendar and we have a revenge to take pretty much against the Minnesota Lynx. And in this rematch from the clinic uh, the Minnesota Lynx had on us last week, uh, the Liberty won this one, 76-66. to 66. Uh, Francois, let's break down the first half of this game. Yeah, and uh, the first surprise was to see Nafisa, Nafisa Collier in this game. We knew yeah. that, you know, with the ankle injury that she had sustained a couple of weeks earlier, that she would be out for 7 to 10 days. So in my mind, I was like, well, you know, good thing that she probably won't be there against the Liberty for the for the rematch. But, you know, big surprise when I turned on the TV to, to see her there. Uh, so I was definitely a little a little worried about that, but I mean the the Liberty started really well. Like they, they you know they moved the ball over, like they moved the ball. Uh, everybody was getting a touch. Uh, JJ was you know dominant on the inside. So I was like, okay, like you know it's starting well, but with the Liberty, I mean you know we. We're very demanding, obviously, with Liberty fans, and, and, and we want them to figure everything out already uh, before the end of the regular season, even though they keep telling us that, you know, things matter really in September, not in May or June. 
Um, but yeah, like, you know, things were clicking. We had a little lead uh, in the first half. They only had one turnover in the first quarter. In the first quarter. And then back at it again. <laughs> Turnovers. Nafisa Collier starting getting hot. Uh, Kayla McBride, who had an amazing game in New York uh, the week prior with 27 points, it started cooking as well. So I'm like, why are we still giving them so many chances to come back in this game? Now, to be fair, Minnesota is on the comeback those past few weeks. They took care of business against the Liberty and the Connecticut Sun the game after, even though they, they lost after that the rematch. But they're definitely playing a much better brand of basketball lately. So we also got to give them props. But the turnovers is really something that the Liberty have to work on, isn't it? Yeah, that's their Achilles heel. You know, I think we said it in the last podcast, like their Achilles heels are turnovers and transition defense. But I think more so the turnovers. I think every game they have at least, again, 12 turnovers or more. And so with that, you're just giving away easy points to other teams. And that's pretty much what kept, I felt like they were dominant in the first half, but what kept Minnesota in this game Ended up being turnovers, which started to come rain down in the second quarter for the Liberty, unfortunately. And so with that, you're you're keeping these teams in the game when if you can just take care of the ball better, not have silly passes, then, you know, the lead would have been greater. Yeah, so, like, what ended up, like, what started with, like, you know, the Liberty being dominant against the, the, the Lynx, and then we end up like losing the first half by one point, uh, you know, having more rebounds and assists than the the Lynx, but a lot of turnovers, six turnovers in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. That's that's not okay. And then forcing a lot of frees as well. I know we like the best, you know, uh, shooting team when it comes to frees in the league, um, but I felt like the, they were forcing a little too much and just. Yeah, down by one at halftime, I was like, what the heck is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, but the third quarter, starting on, on a different note, like Sabrina, who was very discreet in the first half, and also, like, she was really not locked in in, in this first half because it's like, like, I mean, thank goodness, like, the, the players don't hear us when we're in front of our screen uh, <laughs> for away games. Um, but, we, yeah, we were quite frustrated with Sabrina as well with some of her rotations on on defense like she has a tendency like we notice at times where she obviously if this this the liberty switch a lot on defense and sometimes she obviously has a matchup like someone that she's wouldn't normally defend against but then she just leaves her assignment to go back to the player that she has to defend but doesn't communicate to her teammates and leave a player wide open and, you know, at times the Liberty are able to, you know, figure things out. But times where it's like, man, as a coach, like, it would drive me mad where you just, like, leave the player out there. We know that there's going to be a mismatch, but you got to keep that, you know, you got to keep defend on that on that player. And so I think that really illustrated, like, you know, Sabrina's first half. And she did score two frees in that first half, but not a really impacting uh, half by Sabrina. But I thought what was really interesting was that in the third quarter, like, I felt like Vandersloot stayed on the bench uh, much longer than usual. Maybe she was still a little injured from that game against the Spark. But that really helped Sabrina to, to be more into the game, 
playing more like the facilitator and she started like serving dimes for Benajah, JJ and started getting going as well with, with the free pointers as well. And when Sabrina gets going with the freeze, it's over. It's I mean it's, <laughs> it's over. Out. It's almost over because this girl can shoot. We know that. We mentioned it every single time. But like it's so impressive. Like when she, she gets going, like it's 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 tough. Um, but I think what I was really pleased, not only with Sabrina waking up in the second half, it was JJ. JJ, I mean, with you has, uh, you know, the, the for, former alumni, alumni from Connecticut being injured for this game and a surprise rookie this season. Nobody, you know, thought that she would be able to be on that level this season and be so effective for Minnesota. It left, you know, a, a presence on the inside. And Minnesota has a lot of, like, really good forwards, but not really, like, you know, centers that can stop JJ. And so JJ was really dominant in the second half, getting every single board. It's like, like we sometimes we were like, no, oh, JJ, go to the rebound. That was the first half of the season. Now it's like, oh, another rebound yeah. by JJ. And she just like kept attacking and attacking. And, you know, if the Liberty were missing shots, she would get the rebound and, you know, uh, have a sec, you know, second chance points. Uh, a great performance by JJ uh, when we really needed to. And, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like in the second half, we were more in control of the game. And we got to give props to, to the Liberty's defense as well. Nafisa Koya had zero points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, they, they figured out a way to shut her down. I mean, you have to shut down the best players. That was Nafisa Collier and Kayla McBride. You, those were the top scorers for Minnesota for this game. So, if you can even shut down one or both, that's going to help your team tremendously in yeah. this game. Yeah, and uh, we also, you know, Diamond Miller from the Minnesota Lynx, who uh, was voted recently uh, Rookie of the Year for the month of July. Uh, I know there's uh, a lot of, you know, debates as to, like, you know, what's happening with Leo Boston and mm. what, what's going on with Indiana. But to be fair... It's, it's more the fact that Indiana doesn't, like, you know, give enough, you know, give the ball enough to Aaliyah Boston. I think when I was looking at stats, a huge rate is very low compared to even bench players from Indiana. So, you know, they got to figure that out. That's not really a problem. But, you know, to be fair, Diamond Miller uh, had a... A tremendous month of July, and she got voted like rookie of the year, uh, rookie of the month, sorry, uh, for the month of July. And I remember, uh, vividly that she had a tremendous performance against us at the Barclays Center. So, mm -hmm. for the New York Liberty's defense to lock her down in this game, that was also another awesome thing to see, right? Yeah, definitely. I also think for Miller, she was trying maybe a little bit too hard. Yeah, maybe yeah. she was forcing a bit too much because the shots just weren't going down and she really had to work to get those shots up. And so, you know, it wasn't as easy for her as the first game that they had against the Liberty. And this this time, the Liberty definitely made some adjustments there. And they knew who to shut down, thankfully, in the second half. And the defense started to come together. They just, you know, yeah, they had sort of a, a faulty first half there. But in the second half, I think they started to pick it up probably later into the third quarter. And they they took it home in the fourth. But, you know, for them, 
they're just going to have to keep pushing. And as, as these games go on, especially coming into the month of August, it, it's not going to be easy. So these are the games where they got to lock in. They got to stay connected. They got to stay connected all four quarters. Yeah. Not just one half versus the next half. They got to stay in it and locked in all four quarters. And so they you have ebbs and flows. They had ebbs and flows in this game. They really got to work on the turnovers. If they can just get that to single digits, this will be a much better team. Yeah. But overall, we took care of business. We could, you know, check that box. Revenge game done out of the way. Nice little LA trip. Uh, you know, two wins against the Sparks. Revenge against the, the Lynx. Now, we got to take care of that big game, that big team, uh, the Las Vegas Aces, and the game that everybody was waiting for Mm -hmm. uh, this Sunday. So, let's go with the Las Vegas Aces matchup. And there was so much excitement for that game. I mean, just to give you an idea, we arrived, um, you know, at the Barclays maybe like, you know, close to an hour or 15 minutes before the start of the game. And the the lines yeah. for that game, like, even, like, we usually take another entrance than the main entrance. And even that entrance was packed. And so yeah. it was like, oh, okay, like, everybody wants to see that game. And in a way, it's, it's great for the game. I think, like, as much as, like, people want to criticize super teams or hate on, you know, teams being able to build up, you know, uh, you know, super powerhouses and bringing players and everything. At the end of the day, that helps uh, to grow the game because that was definitely like the biggest attendance uh, we've ever seen uh, at the Barclays for, for a New York Liberty game. So that that's what creates excitement, you know, to see two big teams facing each other, you know, MVPs, uh, uh, number one draft picks, like all stars, like that's what is gonna elevate this game. And so it was really great and exciting to see so many people uh, showing up for this game. And obviously, the Liberty had, you know, I wouldn't say a revenge because obviously the Vegas Aces are, are on course to have one of the greatest uh, WNBA uh, NBA regular season of all time. But definitely that that first game left a sour taste for every Liberty fans, especially if I'm not mistaken, that third quarter in the first game uh, uh, in Vegas where the Vegas Aces just dominated uh, the Liberty. uh, And so, you know, I remember uh, talking about the Mm -hmm. game prior uh, when we were uh, in line. And it was like, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know if the Liberty were going to win that game or not. But at least we wanted a tight game, right? Yeah, we we wanted them to keep it close. If they can keep it close, there's definitely a possibility they could they can eke out a win. And I think, you know, from the last game, which was over a month ago, the Liberty got picked apart. And it showed, you know, it showed that they weren't really a cohesive unit yet. And I think they've been building towards that now within this last month or so. And so now for today's game, we were just thinking, okay, we know the Aces are the top team. We know they are hard to beat. That's why they only have a couple of losses. (laughs) And so we were hoping for the Liberty, stay close, keep this game close. Maybe we could get a win out of this. And there was no maybe in that this was a 
this was a pouncing, <laughs> which we will take <laughs> because we know the Aces don't play like this normally. We know they're not going to come like this every game. This was a battle. The Liberty won this time around. All right, so let's break down this game. That I don't think a lot of people were expecting uh, the outcome that, that happened uh, today. Um, but the first first quarter, I think, you know, live up to the expectations that, you know, everybody was, you know, looking for is, you know, meaning a battle between two great teams. I think, like, you know, we were going back and forth, like, you know, Liberty was scoring and the Vegas Aces were, were scoring. Um, but we knew that, you know, the, the Liberty needed to be really careful, though, because... There were a couple of times where I think they were a little reckless on, on defense, try to double, triple, yeah. even quadruple <laughs> uh, team uh, Asia Wilson. And it's like, I mean, I know that she's dominant. She's, you know, at the moment, the, 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 the MVP probably, um, you know, of the season at the moment. But it's like, bro, it's like, you know, if you have like three players on her and you got Kelsey Plum, Chunky Hill, Chelsea Gray left on their own. Like, you, you, you about to get killed by one of those players. And, and I felt like a couple of times we, we got killed. On, on yeah, you gotta, you gotta trust your bigs. If anything, you leave it to Stewie and JJ to take care of Asia. And if she gets through, she gets through. But you can't just all collapse because you have too many weapons. That starting lineup for the Aces, one through five. It's too many weapons, and you cannot leave any one of them open. And so, you know, you, you got to give it to your bigs to handle Asia. Everybody don't need to come yeah. at Asia in this game. And I think, you know, we also talk a lot about the, the Las Vegas Aces offense, but their defense is also yeah. uh, dominant. And I, w- I was scared at some point in that first quarter when I saw, like, Asia Wilson with those blocks, man, like... She came out of nowhere. She blocked Stewie. She blocked Sabrina. She blocked someone else at some point. But the violence, though, like the yeah, violence with yeah. which, like, she was blocking those players, I was like, man. She... I was surprised that she blocked Stewie, but I wasn't yeah, yeah, so surprised yeah. when she blocked Sabrina and yeah. Benaja because I was like, you, know, you guys are really trying to go up against Asia, and she's like so much taller than you. She just swatted those balls down. Yeah, <laughs> it was just, there was no point in trying to do that. But I was shocked. The, the block on Stewie that was that was intense. So I was like, man, uh, that's that's gonna be a, a, a tough game. But I like though that Stewie. Like there was one point like uh, Asia blocked uh, one of the uh, Liberty players, but right after like Stewie also showed up yeah. and had a massive block as well. Um, that got the crowd going. So I, I kind of like that. Like, the Liberty, this time around, like, they want to, you know, get bullied by the Aces and, and, and show up as well. So, you know, it was a tight first quarter, but, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are going to talk about it. One of the turning points of the game was, um, you know, I think there was about a minute left in the first quarter. And, uh, you know, John Cole Jones had, had the ball uh, in the paint. And, uh, Asia Wilson was defending her, and and John Quill tried to pivot to you know free herself yeah. and and get an easy bucket and in the paint, but unfortunately uh, a elbow hit really strongly uh, Asia Wilson's face or maybe like her neck or the back of her head. I don't know, but like when we sort of look at it, after, you know when we came back from the game, we we watched the game and 
Boy, that was. I knew immediately being in the game, being in the arena. I knew immediately when she hit her. I was like, "That's a flagrant." There was no way that's just a regular. That is a flagrant. I was like, I was hoping that it was not going to be a two because the way that blow happened and the way she went down, I was just like, "That's a that's a bad that's a bad hit." I knew from that moment, and then rewatching and seeing the replay. It just looked worse. <laughs> and so yeah. JJ got lucky. It was just a flagrant one because I, I was a little nervous that they could have called a flagrant two on that. And the whole game would have changed after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, for Asia Wilson to suffer like that on the floor, like, I mean, that means like that it was really a hard foul because Asia is tough. And and so for her like to like shake mm-hmm. her like that, you, you knew that it, it was a big foul. So... You know, I feel like the referee didn't spend too much time on it. Like, you know, I mean, they, you know, they review it and it was clear that it was a flagrant foul. They gave a flagrant foul one. Um, Asia went to the locker room uh, and while the, the ref were reviewing the play. And uh, once the, the, the ref figured out that it was a flagrant one, uh, Asia needed to uh, take free throws and then the possession would go to the aces. But Asia wasn't back just yet. And what I didn't know at the time and, and find out later was that if she had not come back to shoot the free throws, she wouldn't have been eligible to come back into this game. So literally the Aces had no other choice but to wait for her to come back. And I'm sure people in the locker room told her to come back. Uh, she went back out there, got the free throws, and then went back to the locker room. Uh, and at that point, we didn't know if she was going to come back into this game. And, um, you know, I know there's been a lot of discussions as to whether, you know, she came back despite having a concussion or anything. But according to her Twitter, she literally had to respond to people that had different opinions about what went down and, you know, whether, like, she was concussed or not. She said no. Uh, you know, she said it on her Twitter. Uh, I see people saying I'm concussed. Uh, I'm not. The doctor checked her and said she was good. And and I'm sure that, you know, if she, you know, she obviously wants to follow the doctor's advice, but also her own body and how she feel. And so if she came back, you know, that means that she was ready to play. Um, and so that kind of ended that, that quarter in a, in a sort of weird way. Um, but, yeah, let's go to the, the second quarter now. And it was all about Sabrina Ionescu. My God, <laughs> I saw another tweet that was quite funny. Someone said she went on psycho mode. She had I mean, a chip on her shoulder this game because I think they picked her apart the yeah, last time they faced. Definitely. You know, I think they definitely picked on her the first game they had. So, yeah, she she came ready defensively and especially offensively. She was locked in, and the second quarter showed it. She was hitting threes after threes. She she went on psycho mode. <laughs> and then the other thing as well, which was funny, I mean, we were kind of happy because we had mentioned this uh, in the previous podcast, was the fact that, like, if Sabrina could also develop a mid-range uh, oh game, uh, that would help her tremendously. Because obviously she's one of the greatest uh, three-point shooters in this league. She leads the, the league with the number of three-points made. But I feel like sometimes she kind of stick to that three-point line when she tries to go to the basket, she often get blocked by like the center of the 
uh, of the other team. And so it was like, well, she really needs to work on, you know, not just a floater, but like a, a mid-range shot. And she was like, you know, cooking mid-range as well in, in that game. You think she's listening to our podcast? Because I, I feel like the last game, you know, we've been talking about it. I told you. Sudden- <laughs> I told you. Sandy listened to our podcast the previous episode. And now it's, it's Sabrina. Obviously, we're joking. We would love for the Liberty, uh, you know, team to, to listen to our podcast. But, yeah, we were definitely happy to, to see uh, more range from Sabrina. But the freeze, man, in that quarter, like, it was insane. And I was so happy that she showed that. Uh, I mean, she's obviously a passionate player. But you could tell, like, she really wanted to show in this game. Because, like you said, Felicia, like, she got destroyed, um, you know, defensively in the previous game. Where you saw, like, man, like... Kelsey Plum and Chelsea Gray deliberately attack her every time they get mm-hmm. a chance. And then obviously, you know, they also have this way of double teaming her like very early on on, on, the, on the half court to not let her play a game or facilitate for others. But this time around, like she, she, she wasn't, you know, second guessing. She was just going all out. And uh, that really helped the Liberty. Yeah, they didn't really double-team her this game, I feel like, especially if she was the one bringing the ball up. You know, I mean, Sloot did it most of the time, but they didn't really double-team her when she brought the ball up. So that was helpful, and we'll take it. You know, but I think for Sabrina, I was especially proud to see her shoot some mid-range shots. And she got some, she definitely got into the paint a couple of times and and got some baskets there as well. So it was just great to see her. I, I think... For Sabrina, this will take her to the next level. If you, we know she's a phenomenal three-point shooter. She's probably going to be one of the greatest. She's going to be a legend at it, I'm sure. But if she can get that mid-range going, if she can attack, she's going to be a different player and she's going to be on a different level. And she may also shut some of the noise down that sometimes I feel like unfairly usually comes her way. And so... By doing that today, she played, she did a tremendous job. She had hands in her face. She was still shooting threes. It didn't matter. She was just, she was locked in, locked in from go. And so kudos, kudos to her. And what was interesting was that it wasn't just uh, Sabrina that was like really dominant. Uh, she had also a lot of, you know, help from, you know, Sloot and Benajra. And, and there's a stat that I got that I was that was very interesting was that, you know, if you compare the performance of the guards uh, in the first matchup against the Aces versus the first half of today's game, uh, I mean, you know, Sabrina had seven points in the first game. She already had 23 points at halftime. Uh, Sloot had 10 points in the in the first matchup, 10 points already in the first half. Benaja, who had a surprisingly low performance in that game with three points, she already had seven points, couple of frees as well in that in that first half. So all the guards and the Liberty team were contributing, and and so you know I think we were up by five at halftime. Uh, still a tight game, but you definitely feel confident because we have a game. Like, that's what yeah. we were saying prior to the game. Close. Like, you know, like, as long as you keep it, like, close, you'll still have a chance. And that shows that you show, you've shown progress and growth compared to the first game. And can I just give Benajelini her flowers, Whew. too? Her defense on Chelsea Amazing. Gray. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Her defense. Because that's who you know. Like, with Chelsea Gray, point guard, 
rightly deserved point guard. But Benaja, her defense was impeccable. And I have to say, it, it made Chelsea definitely have pushed some difficult shots that didn't go in. I mean, Chelsea got some shots up there going into the paint. But Benaja, she she definitely kept her down. And, and also, you got to give it up for everyone else on, on Jackie Young, Kelsey Plum. They just... None of the aces really had a good shooting night. And so that yeah. also benefited the Liberty greatly um, throughout this game. So kudos again, Benaja. Awesome job. I mean, let me tell you, if you know, you know the night before that you're going to have to guard <laughs> a good chunk of the game against Chelsea Gray, you better have a good night of sleep, man, because that's going to be a long, long day for you and requires every effort. Um, you know, to to live up to the expectations, and and Benaja Laney is kind of like the unsung uh, unsung hero of that team. But my God, the the, the growth of that player all throughout the season, yeah. like you know, she was more like the the defensive player uh, in the first part of the season. Now she also bring like you know tremendous offense and and this balance between the two. She's a she's a crucial element to that team and and kudos to Benaja her defense against uh Chelsea Gray was amazing I mean at some point when when the the game was pretty much settled and they took her out in the fourth quarter I think with like five minutes left like she had a standing ovation from from the Barclays like people recognized and yeah. saw how crucial she was um in in this game so kudos to to Benaja but before we sort of like, you know, look into the end, let's talk about that third quarter. My Ooh. God, you should have seen me like how many times I put my two hands on top of my head in, in terms of like disbelief. That quarter was probably the most amazing quarter I've seen the Liberty play in a very long time. This season, last season, two seasons ago. What a dominant third quarter. And they won that quarter 30 to nine can you imagine like only like allowing the aces to only score nine points in a quarter when they're like the number one offensive team in this league probably the number one defensive team as well but like so dominant on offense they only score nine points yeah i mean and it was just like one of those nights where one of those afternoons where every single shot was going in but it didn't feel like they were like forcing freeze it was just nice ball movement. And so it was Kayla Foran, uh Laney, Stewart started getting going as well after having a, a quiet shooting uh, performance in the first half. She got going. Uh, Slew got going. Sabrina was, was going out of this world in this, in this quarter. Like, it went, it went down from everywhere. I mean, even like when we rewatched the game afterwards, like they had like, a sea foam, uh, the ESPN analysis says a sea foam shower, a silky symphony. Like, <laughs> I mean, they were like trying their best to come up with any kind of metaf- metaphors to describe that, that third quarter performance. I was like in shock. Um, no one expected that. I mean, you know, and again, for the Las Vegas Aces, this is not a typical game for them, you know, and so. This helped to really build the Liberty's confidence in this game, especially this quarter, for sure, because this was just not the game for the Aces. And, you know, 
And good job for Stewie and JJ collapsing on Asia Wilson, too. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk to you that, about. Yeah. That really helped a lot. And so it, it pushed her to really force. It forced her to, like, put up shots that were just... And she was sort of looking for fouls on some of them. But they really forced her to put up some really tough shots that just weren't going in. And so, you know, kudos to Stewie and JJ doing great defensive work on Asia Wilson. I mean, um, you know, she said after the game, like, she tweeted Asia Wilson on that same tweet where she, uh, uh, you know, brushed off the, the concussion rumors that she was saying, like, she's not going to have a 2 for 14 night uh, every single game. Trust me. Um, so, yeah, maybe it was, you know, definitely a bit of an off night for her. But you got to give props, like you said, to uh, Stewie and JJ, who are one of the few players that can, you know, go toe-to-toe defensively, like, one-on-one mm-hmm. on one with Asia and not necessarily needing, like, another player to, to, to help them. Obviously, sometimes you might need to, but, like, I feel like Stewie and JJ are among some of the best defenders in the league. They have long uh, wingspan. Uh, so they, they're able to, you know, to go toe-to-toe with Asia. And I, and I like the fact that Sandy, I think, kind of had that in mind to just, like, having... Stewie most of the times against uh, Asia, and then if Asia managed to get a little advantage and goes to the basket, having JJ to help. Because the thing is that now that Candace Parker is out of the picture for now, we don't know if she's going to come back this season. Um, You know, Kia Stokes, who's now the the other uh, starting center slash forward for the Aces, is a defensive-minded player. She has a decent uh, corner free or, you know, she's starting to make more frees now, but she's not really like a, uh, you know, an offensive force. So that allows JJ or Stewie to, to help uh, whoever's defending on Asia when Asia has the little advantage in going to the basket to help and try to make it difficult for Asia uh, because they try to block her. So I felt like it was definitely a, a great idea and, and they rectified that from the, the first quarter where they were doing silly double, triple team that left some of the Aces guards open. And, and so, yeah, once you lock down Asia, who's really like, you know, the the, the heart of the team, yeah. uh, you know, not that you're going to win the game, but that definitely is going to help. So I was really excited about how they managed to uh, stop her uh, most of the times. And, uh, yeah. And also, I think, again, you know, with Chelsea Gray and and Kelsey Plum not really having off nights themselves, you know, again, I think, again, kudos to Benajah Laney for defending so well on Chelsea Gray because she starts the offense for, for for the Aces. She's the one that gets that ball moving. And Benajah really made it difficult for her to get that start, to get that ball popping on the court. Like, they couldn't do that. It was very hard. And so they ended up playing a lot of, like, one-on-one, yeah. which is not their game yeah. typically. They they like to move the ball. They're yeah. quick. They're always playing with pace. And so I think what, what helped the Liberty is that they're already having an off-night shooting. And now defensively, you're basically stopping them from getting those passes up. And also, when you saw some of those passes, whether it was JJ, uh, Sloot, 
anyone really, but I think I saw Sloot and Sabrina a couple times get that ball out of Kelsey Plum's hands yeah, and, yeah. and steal it. And so, you know, it was really just great offensive. Obviously, it was an offensive onslaught for the Liberty you know, at the expense of an off-shooting night for the Aces. But also defensively, you got to give the Liberty credit that they really locked them down tonight and, and really forced some unnecessary shots. Yeah, and so, you know, fairly early on in the fourth quarter when the Liberty kept on going with the same, you know, rhythm as the, the third quarter, um, it was pretty much game over. Um, and so halfway through the, the quarter, or it's not earlier, uh, Becky Hammond decided to, you know, put some of the bench players. And if you start seeing the bench players that early in the fourth, you know that either the Aces are up by a lot or, surprisingly, they're down by a lot, which was the case uh, in this game. I mean, at some point, it was the Liberty were up by 40. Uh, I couldn't I think believe it. Was it was more than 40 at one point, but I, I, I know yeah. 40 was definitely. And, and, I, <laughs> and it was strange because, like, we were dominating the whole game, and there was no doubt that they were going to get the win, but I was still almost like expecting the Aces to come back, and it just never happened. And um, I'm, I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it, it happened that way. And it was funny because usually it's the Aces that have a very tight rotation and don't use a lot of bench players. But mm-hmm. this time around, Sandy also wanted to show that, you know, we have a dominant five. And the rotation was pretty tight, like, except for, like, Kata Foreign, who uh, had a tremendous impact defensively. And then Marine, that played a little bit as well. Like, uh, it was mostly, like, a, a seven-player rotation. And then, obviously, when, you know, the game was pretty much done, uh, they put all the, all the bench players. But... Yeah, I thought it was interesting that, that Brandello wanted to keep it tight. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think, like, that's the first time I feel like, you know, where she outsmarts one of the top coaches in, in the league. Not that she get outsmart uh, a lot, Sandy Brandello, don't, don't get me wrong. But I really felt like, you know, this time around, she outsmarted Becky Hammond. She had a plan, deliberately, um, you know, deliver. The plan that they had in mind, and you know, we ended up getting the win uh, by 38 points. Uh, an amazing performance by the New York Liberty. Uh, a record uh, in terms of the crowds at the Barclays, over uh, 11,000 people in attendance. And, and Stewie mentioned quite a few times uh, post game um, and in the post game conference as well how crucial. It was to have such a, a crowd rooting for the team. And obviously, she wants that for every single game. We hope that people would be excited, people that, you know, don't necessarily come regularly to come for more games and root for the team. But she definitely mentioned how crucial the crowd was. It was loud. Even Re- Rebecca Lobo um, also said that, you know, it, it brought it back to those days when they were playing at the Madison Square Garden that, mm-hmm. you know, had sold out crowds for many seasons. So it was really, really exciting. And, uh, yeah, I cannot wait for those, uh, how many games, like three other oh, games man. against the Aces uh, this month. Uh, you know, it's almost like a, you know, extended playoff series. But, yeah, we're going to face them again um, next week for the Commissioner's Cup final Obviously, that's going to be a different game, and it's going to be, uh, it's not on neutral ground, unfortunately. That's going to be in Vegas, so that that's definitely going to be a tough game. And then I know like, a couple of days later, they face them again in Vegas again, yep. but this time for the regular season. 
And then I think later in the month of August or early September, uh, we're gonna face them uh, uh, another time uh, at home again. But wow, that was an exciting week for for the Liberty. Uh, yep. A lot of ups and downs, but we got three wins uh, this week. I'll, I'll take that any week. And uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to face the Aces again. Um, and yeah, so. You know, the, the rest of this week, uh, we're going to have, well, not us, but the players, the Liberty players are going to have a much uh, needed rest after this uh, crazy schedule over the last two weeks. And so the next game would be uh, this Friday at home against the Chicago Sky. Another revenge to take because the last time we faced them was at home and they, uh, you know, shook us and, and, and surprised us at home. And, uh, you know, after some challenging times with uh, James Wade, the former coach of the Sky, leaving the team halfway in the middle of the season, they're starting to find their groove again. They beat the Dallas Wings twice in Dallas. So we know it's, it's going to be a tough game on Friday. Definitely. Yeah, and then Sunday, they're facing the Indi- Indiana Fever again in Indiana. We took care of business so far, the, the first uh, three games we played against them, but we know that the last game in Indiana got a little crazy with an overtime game, so we'll be interested to see uh, what the Liberty are doing uh, this time around. All right, so I think that's it for uh, this week. Uh, thank you so much uh, for everybody um, you know, that's listening to the podcast. Give us like encouraging feedbacks on, on Instagram, or even come and and talk to us at the Barclays. We really appreciate hey. the, the, the the love that we get from people because you know it's hard. Like we don't know who's who's listening to the podcast and and if you know you like it or not. So thank you so much for all those encouraging words that we get from people that that help us to keep us going and share our love for the Liberty because the WNBA needs uh you know people's love, but we definitely. And people in New York definitely t- need to show love to the New York Liberty. Yeah. They deserve it. They, mm-hmm. they, they really, you know, put their heart and soul into this team. And who knows where it could take us this season. So thank you for listening to us. And as we always say, let's, let's go, go Liberty! Liberty!